Welcome back to Social Soul Podcast. My name is Jess. And I'm Haley. And we're recording today actually on my three-year alcohol-free date, which is kind of wild that it has been three years since our trip to Texas. It was, uh, seems like it was just yesterday. Except it seems like ages ago, too. Really? Do I, you feel that way at all? No, I don't feel that way at all. <laughs> like, I remember us being in Austin, Texas like it was last week. Yeah. I feel like I was just such a different person. Oh, so yeah. So was I, I feel like for mm-hmm. sure. But it, it's just, I don't know. Time goes by so much faster these I days. Know. I don't know if that's just a getting older thing or yeah. becoming more clear in life thing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and I feel like COVID like shut us down for a while and like yeah. time seemed irrelevant. But yeah, so it's been three years since my last hangover, since my last night out drinking And I just wanted to record this episode to kind of reflect on this and also answer some questions and kind of talk about some things that are holding people back from giving up alcohol, because I know what a scary choice this can be. But on the other side of it, like three years into this, I know how rewarding it can be and I know how doable it is. And I know that if you're listening and you're thinking about quitting drinking, all of those things that you think you can't do while you're alcohol free, you actually can. Like you don't need the booze to do it. So I want to start off by just asking you how like in general you're feeling today about it all. Like, are you feeling pretty calm and content about it? Like, oh, yeah, three years. Like, yeah, cool. Or are you like, holy shit, three years? Yeah, I feel like just like calm and content because yeah. really I don't pay much attention to the days or anything, but definitely when it comes around to the anniversary of it, I like to kind of reflect back on the person that I was. And I also think it is important for me to stop and celebrate this and acknowledge myself for it because we talk about how we don't do that a lot. True. So I really think that it's important for me to actually pause for a second and evaluate and feel fucking proud. I want to go get a manicure today too to celebrate. I know when you told me it was today, I was like, wish my first thought was we should go do something. But then the weather here is like absolute fucking shit today. Yeah. I'm like, what would we go do? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we can do something like this weekend. We need to though. We need to celebrate it. And I need to be better about like making you celebrate things so that you make me celebrate things. Yeah. Because we definitely are the type of people that are like, oh, okay, cool. And then yeah. we just move on. Another one down. <laughs> it's like, no, let's yeah. slow down and actually celebrate. Maybe I'll grab some alcohol-free champagne. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. It's funny that I'm like, some alcohol-free champagne. But I feel like champagne is just one of those celebratory things, like popping a bottle of champagne. Well, we did it on the po- like for our podcast celebration. Mm-hmm. We got a bottle of that, and that for was New fun. Year's Eve, even. I liked it. Yeah. And it tastes good. I know. I remember I brought alcohol-free champagne to actually a bachelorette party one time and somebody else had brought normal champagne and they were like, we're going to do a toast with champagne. Like you have to drink the champagne for the toast. And literally everybody was so fucking stoked. I brought (laughs) alcohol-free champagne because everyone was like, this gives me a headache. I don't want to drink champagne. Regular champagne sucks. Yeah. I kind of saved the day. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. So I, I guess we could start this off just addressing some of the things that tend to hold people back because this is something I asked in my Instagram stories. And I think that it's something that I can speak about and hopefully give you some encouragement if you're here. But one of the main things that holds people back is the fear that they're going to get pressure from their friends or their family members to have a few drinks when they go out. 
and I totally get it. I mean, I think that you probably experience this fear when going on dates or things like that. Mm Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think that that's been one of the most freeing things about being alcohol free and knowing that I've made this choice for myself is that I don't have to worry about that pressure. Like being solid in my decision saves me from all of this fucking trouble. It saves me from that mental game of, okay, I'll just have one drink because they want me to have one drink or I'm going to drink at this event because they want me to drink there or All of that. And so I think really just making that choice can kind of help empower you in this. And you're going to have that fear up until you quit drinking. You're going to have that fear when you quit drinking. But I think that the only way to really get through it is to give yourself permission to stop and then just to fucking try it. How powerful is it to be the person that's like, no, like I don't want an alcoholic drink. And then you kind of like open it up to everybody else in the situation to be like, oh, shit, we actually don't have to have an alcoholic Mm -hmm. drink because it is so normalized, right? That's just what you order when you go out. Like, that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. But then when you, like, open that door, you make other people start to be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's a Monday night and I don't have to have a beer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that's going to be me later. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that it's a really great time to reflect on why you're drinking. Yeah. Because if if the only reason that you're drinking is because your friends and family want you to drink, I mean, to me, that's like a big red flag. Like, you are doing something you don't want to do when you're people pleasing. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm so over people pleasing. Although I definitely do this in other areas of my life too, but I'm glad that I don't do it with alcohol anymore because that was something that could just bring out a totally different side of me and it never felt good for me the next day. So yeah. Do you think um, like doing this whole alcohol-free thing has helped you create other boundaries in your life too? Like be strong enough to create other boundaries? Because we've always talked about how we're both very much people pleasers and like say yes to everything. But I imagine, you know, being as strict as you are now about the alcohol thing has maybe been made you be like oh shit like I can create boundaries I can say no to other things yeah I mean I think it's been like a period of self-discovery like this whole thing and I do think that getting rid of alcohol was a very pivotal moment for me so I would say that I've improved my communication in some areas, but there are things where maybe I don't feel super comfortable setting a boundary, but I can at least communicate with the people that I need to communicate about how I'm feeling with Mm -hmm. it. Like we had a company come stay with us a couple months back, and I remember I was nervous about alcohol being in the house. Yeah. And I had talked to my therapist about it, and she was like, do you think that you can set a boundary of like no alcohol in the house? And I was like... No, I don't think I can. Like, I really don't think that I can do that. Yeah. Um. But when it happened, I mean, now I know that I can deal with it and I yeah. know I can get through it. So I definitely think that not drinking has helped me kind of flex that muscle of saying no to people and setting boundaries. So it's given me a little bit more practice. I The only reason I ask that is because I feel that way about like having the chronic illness. Mm-hmm. Like. I've been forced to like have to say no to things and Mm -hmm. then I'm like oh shit I can say no to things wait a second I've never lived like this Mm -hmm. before and the fact that alcohol is so prevalent in so many things I would say in some ways not drinking has given me an okay to say no to maybe certain gatherings or events or things I don't want to go to yeah for sure yeah Okay, so another fear that somebody shared with me, and I definitely agree with this. She said, feeling like I'm more fun and less stuffy when I drink. I'm generally very introverted. 
100% I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Like I've felt that so many times. Yeah. Well, and I definitely agree with that because I'm super introverted. So I was somebody who would drink to loosen up and feel more comfortable. And it started for me even in high school when I was drinking to do things that I felt uncomfortable with, like dancing Mm -hmm. and going to parties and maybe talking to boys or things like that. So I understand this fear. And I really think that the only way that I knew that I could get through it is from doing it. Yeah. Is from getting the practice, sitting with the discomfort. Like, it's not easy. I have been so uncomfortable in so many, like, social situations with people before. Like, what do I talk about? What do I say? Uh, is this super awkward? Like I'll grab my phone and look at my phone. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I remember actually on a recent trip I took to Austin, Texas, there was a moment where I was the only one sitting in the bar. Like everybody else was grabbing their drinks and I'm like sitting there by my fucking self. I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. And in those situations, like, yeah, I might have felt a little bit better about it if I had been buzzed. But I feel like you also got to remember, though, that like when you're sitting in a situation like that and you feel awkward in reality, the people around you don't see you as awkward. Like they're all drinking and they're minding their own business. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you're like, oh, my God, I stick out like a sore thumb right now. I'm like, what do I look at? Yeah, you actually really don't. Right. Nobody's Mm -hmm. paying attention to you. Yeah, that's so true. (laughs) That's very true. Um, So I yeah, I really understand that kind of fear. And I think that the only way that I have overcome that fear is through living it and through experiencing different things. And I In the beginning, when I like go back through my Instagram stories of the first like few months after I quit drinking, my social circle was very small. I was hanging out with a very select few people and I was going to coffee shops. We were doing activities. We were going ice skating. We were going hiking, doing different things. And I don't know, I I felt comfortable with those people. Yeah. And I think also like we're conditioned to kind of keep drinking through everything we see in the media. Yeah through television, like you're conditioned to keep drinking even after a DUI or even after getting into a fight with your significant other, after wrecking your car, after having to call out of work sick because you like were hungover. You know, there's so much stuff that normalizes continuing to drink despite these repercussions. I remember when I was working my construction job and I was starting to get sick and I called out of work and then the next day I like showed up and they it was like a Monday that I had mm-hmm. called out and they thought that I was hungover from the yeah. weekend and they were like accusing me of being hungover for calling out and I'm like no I like actually was just sick but I mean apparently you think I live a party life when I actually don't <laughs> <laughs> sorry to break it to you're you. like I would have called out today if I was hungover too trust yeah. me <laughs> god yeah but I think for me the biggest win has really just been choosing like what feels right for me, despite these societal expectations and these norms, like that's been the fucking biggest win is like, I don't give a shit if you care that I don't drink. Like, I don't care if you're going to peer pressure me to drink. I don't care if you think I'm boring because I don't drink. Like, I know that this is the right choice for me. And I think that there's just been so much freedom in making that choice. And honestly, anybody that judges you about that does not deserve to be in your life, in my opinion. I know. Like, kick that friend to the curb. Yeah. Well, and I just think that it's because they have a certain idea of what it means to be alcohol-free or to be sober. Yeah. And I think that that stigma, the only way to break the fucking stigma 
is for more people to choose this lifestyle and to fucking talk about it. That's yeah. the only way to break it. So, and I'm not saying that you won't have a weird reaction from like probably most people in your life when you first tell them because people just aren't used to hearing mm-hmm. it. But like if you have a friend that's just not respecting your choices going forward and like continuously making you feel judged for it mm-hmm. then at that point that's what I'm saying it's yeah. like no kick that person the curb totally. there's other people around that will respect whatever the hell you want to do and how you want to live your life I couldn't imagine if you would have been that way when I quit <laughs> drinking I would never have been that way yeah but. <laughs> but some people I mean it is it does make them uncomfortable and yeah yeah I mean I've always supported you yeah and most things that you've done in life I yeah. would have never like, I mean, I was kind of, of course, I'm like, oh, damn, she can't dance with me drunk on the dance floor anymore. Yeah. But then again, like, I was having shit going on in my life, too, that was also straying me, mm-hmm. like, away from that lifestyle. So mm-hmm. I feel like that probably did help mm-hmm. in making it be totally. like, oh, okay, like, we're kind of in this together. Mm-hmm. Have, like, backup now mm-hmm. <laughs> into, like, getting away from the party life. Mm-hmm. Well, and then I'm also at a point now where... I would dance with you if you were True. drunk and I was sober, but I don't like, ever let me get drunk enough to dance though. These days, that's not, it's not, at least not what I'm trying to at do. At least either. I'll be able to stop you instead of <laughs> ag you on. Right. But I think that really just making the choice to quit drinking has given me the space to get comfortable doing things without alcohol. And yeah, it's taken a lot of time, but the only way that I have gotten comfortable with these things without alcohol is doing them. Yeah. Through yeah. doing them and being here. So practice makes perfect, not even perfect, but practice makes it easier. Yeah. And not for everybody. Are you going to be able to maintain your social life the exact same way as you did when you were drinking? Because maybe the people you were hanging out with are the wrong sorts of people, or maybe, maybe it's super triggering for you and you just can't be around it. Um, there's definitely different degrees to this, but that's been my experience. Let's take a quick break and talk about our sponsor for today's episode. Feeling imperfect, insecure, or inadequate? How do you show kindness, self-acceptance, gratitude, and compassion towards yourself every day? Mental health is a journey, and Switch Research delivers expert guidance along the way. Their mission is to provide you with effective, easily accessible mental health resources to help you become a happier, more resilient you. Switch Research partners with psychologists, clinical therapists, researchers, psychiatrists, and more who have years of academic and clinical experience under their belt to provide evidence-based journals and digital work courses. I got their journal a few months or a few weeks ago now, and it's a journal that you do every day. And I can just say like, it is so amazing. I'm such a journal person though. So I'm just like, I love having the prompts to like do, um, I can't decide if I like doing it in the morning or the night better. I just really can't make up my mind. I've kind of switched between the two, but I just really like it because it's just someplace I can get all of my thoughts down in a, and I have a hard time with like the blank journals, mm-hmm. right? Cause I have so many thoughts and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. But it. this has like the perfect prompts. It's all about self love and like learning to love yourself, learning to like take care of yourself. It's just literally perfect. But You can transform negative thoughts into self-love and you can actually use our code socialsoul20 today at switchresearch.org and get 20% off of your purchase. And now let's go back to the episode. So I had a couple questions and somebody asked me if I had any slips after my sobriety date. 
And the only time where I had a slip was New Year's Eve, the first year. And it was literally just a sip of champagne. But we went to a comedy show and they were passing around champagne to cheers at midnight. And I remember being like, do I drink it? Do I not drink it? What do I do? And I felt the need to have a sip of it just because they gave it to me and it was the celebratory thing to do. So the curse of a champagne toast. You think if you don't do it, you're going to get cursed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like literally they say that about toasting. Yeah. I've never heard that. Really? Yeah. Like that if you don't look into the person's eyes when you toast with them, it's like seven years of bad sex or something. There's like a bunch of curses with toasting. Trust me. I know this thing. (laughs) That's funny. But I feel like for me, it was a learning experience because the following New Year's Eve when we went to an event... I knew they were going to pass out a champagne flute and I just dumped out the champagne and filled it with water so Mm -hmm. that I could still take part. So it was a learning experience for me. And I know that there are other people who I've seen online who have had slips after their sobriety date, but they don't necessarily reset their sobriety date or look at themselves as not sober anymore. I think we're all just kind of learning and figuring things out. And I think that that's totally okay. I think that's fair though like everybody makes mistakes everybody's trying to figure it out on their own timeline like Mm -hmm. of course you know I can only relate things to chronic illness mainly but like I think about me like slipping in like diet or like taking my supplements kind of thing like shit happens you know what I mean and it doesn't mean that you need to like completely start over Mm -hmm. like just realize that it happened and be like okay Let's just keep moving on. Let's Mm -hmm. keep trying, keep moving forward. Yeah. And it's a good time to really reflect and maybe build a stronger support system for yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people it can be what they think is a life or death situation. So I'm not saying that having a drink is for everybody after you choose to be sober, Um, but it, it doesn't have to be the end of the world. And I think if anybody judges you for that too, I always find this interesting when non-sober people judge sober people for how they're (laughs) recovering. And I'm like, bitch, you still drink all the fucking time. Why are you judging me for drinking way less than you and like drinking one night? So just remember that. Mm -hmm. And then the other question that I had was, have I had any transference? So picking up a new addiction and... I will say, you guys know I'm not totally sober. I still smoke weed, so there's that. Um, I wouldn't say I feel like I've replaced alcohol with weed because for me, drinking was more in social situations. So I think in those social situations, I find myself still sipping on, even if it's a glass of water or a mocktail or something like that, I still drink non-alcoholic drinks the same way that I drank alcoholic drinks like maybe not in shot form but (laughs) I drink them really fucking fast and I notice this when I go out when I get nervous when I get uncomfortable I still do that and I'll still want to go to the bar and grab a non-alcoholic drink so I mean it's not hurting anybody it's not hurting me it's not embarrassing me so I'm good with it I think something important that you could also like mention to people though too is it's not like a bad addiction but like the fact that you used working out as like a mm-hmm. like a routine totally. to take your mind off of things or to like yeah. get that like built up like uncomfortableness or energy yeah. that's in your body yeah you like work out to get that out mm-hmm. and it's interesting because I had worked out before I drank for probably about a year I was into it 
And it was such a helpful tool for me when I did quit drinking because of the way that it helps me deal with stress or anxiety or kind of those negative emotions. So having that routine was yeah very helpful for me I don't want to say I'm addicted to working out um but I it is a very helpful tool yeah so I mean there's other hobbies that people could pick up like painting or like Mm -hmm. other other things that can just distract you totally right put your put that energy into something Mm -hmm. like plants or useful yeah yeah. being a plant parent now it takes so much fucking time (laughs) being a dog parent I know that's the other (laughs) thing I was gonna say it would have been rough having a dog while I was hungover or had gone out, having to leave her at home. And then the yeah. mornings where I'm hungover, like playing with her, that just would have fucking sucked. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of all I've got for you guys. Well, I just want to say that I'm extremely proud of you and I will always support you in your decision on this. And I hope that I've never made you like feel uncomfortable or never. like we need to <laughs> do an episode about it. <laughs> we need to do an episode on like how you've supported me in this because I yeah, actually I think should. that you've done such a great job and you don't even know what you've done or I hardly I, even know what you've done. Yeah. But I'm it's like, just worked. I definitely didn't like, okay, sit down and like make a plan of how to support you through this. I was just, I don't know. I feel like it's easy because I've known you for so long and I am just so supportive of you yeah. in general that I'm like, okay, that's a decision she's making to better her life. Then I'm 100% going to back her up. Mm-hmm. Going to make sure that she sticks to this. Going to mm-hmm. make sure I do what I can to help you stay on track too you know yeah and we kind of found our groove in friendship beyond going out for drinks too so yeah and I mean it hasn't always been the main focal point of our friendship Mm -hmm. either so we did have like luck in that Mm -hmm. whereas I can see if it is the main focal point of somebody's relationship with somebody then it might be very difficult to maintain the relationship um especially at an older age Mm -hmm. or maybe even at a younger partying stage I don't know but yeah so yeah well and even if somebody else is feeding off of your addiction to kind of feed their own addiction too I can imagine it would be really challenging and uncomfortable if you're like hey I'm changing the script on how we do things that kind of shame and those feelings that other people could feel too so yeah and if that person's not ready to kind of I don't know acknowledge that that's oh shit that's something that you were struggling with Mm -hmm. maybe that is something I was struggling with too and maybe I should slow down but some people aren't always at that point right Mm -hmm. it could offend somebody totally if you tell them that you're stopping drinking and they're very much still a drinker Mm -hmm. so yeah there's lots of dynamics to it but Mm -hmm. I think I mean I wasn't really worried about our friendship at all to be honest I was just like okay this is this is how things are now (laughs) well and I feel like even me making this choice you kind of mentioned this earlier has opened the doors for other people like I think about the fact that my sister is now alcohol free and she decided to quit drinking like that is so fucking huge and I think that it's just awesome that me making a choice for myself can show other people hey I can actually make this choice too not a death sentence I can still have a social life I can Mm -hmm. still have fun and that's really what I want to show you guys so I hope that you found this episode relatable useful and if you did please share it on your Instagram stories share it with a friend and tag us we would love to hear from you guys yeah and make sure to follow us on Instagram at social soul podcast follow us on TikTok also the same handle and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts too please if you are listening on that platform make sure you leave a five-star review yes thank you guys so much for tuning in we'll catch you next time bye guys